you got to structure how that person, a third party is going to get paid by equity, by cash flow. The partner's going to put up money. There's always a risk when you partner. There's always a honeymoon, but maybe in the future, somebody may have some other kind of challenges and is not doing their job. This is the naked truth about real estate investing. Your host, Javier, has already been through all the brain damage of this business, so you don't have to go through it. That way, you're not exposed to all of the risk of losing your shirt or getting caught with your pants down. So let's dive into another no BS episode right now. All right, I'm going to tell you three ways how to structure a partnership so you don't lose your shirt. Very, very important that you know how to structure because when shit hits the fan, that's when stuff gets really interesting, okay? So ideally, partnerships hopefully you know last forever, but... They don't, right? It's just like a marriage. Marriage don't last forever. Have 50-50 shot. And partnerships, probably less percentage, okay? So this is how you structure a partnership so you don't lose your shirt, okay? Number one, from the very beginning, you got to set expectations from the very beginning. I'm going to use an example of real estate, okay? Say we're buying an apartment building, okay? A small one, you know, five units, six units, doesn't matter the amount, okay? So what we do is we talk about what our expectations are. We'll say, hey, partner A is gonna be in charge of the asset management. Make sure that the property is making money, overseeing the management company, all that, right? Like that part of the business. And maybe the other partner is gonna be in charge of the construction, right? Whatever it is. And you set your KPIs, right? You set your, you know, kind of your goals, your business plan, okay? Hey, we need to be leased up by this amount. Uh, we need to raise the rents this amount. We need to be 100% occupancy by this time. On the construction side, hey, we need to be, we need construction budgets, we need, timelines, we need to be on the budget, you know, whatever it is, right? I'm just giving you guys an example, okay? It doesn't have to be that, but I'm just saying. Now, you set it up to where everybody has their role and their job. If they don't hit those KPIs, right? Unfortunately, you're gonna have to remove them from that position and put a third-party company in there to manage it. You already, in advance, are gonna have to figure out what that third-party company is gonna make, right? Is it gonna take some of your cash flow from from both partners? Say you even have investors that put money in the project. Well, that's separate. You don't want to touch the investor's money. So the money for that third-party company coming in should really come from the partners, right? Should come from the partners. Or maybe you bring on a third partner that actually takes over that project and now you got to share some of that equity or profits with that third partner to take over that. Now, how much does each partner give up? Well, it really depends on how you structure the project in the very beginning right? So let's not make it super complicated, okay? Number one, go ahead and structure it the right way. I have certain roles in the company or partner A has certain roles in the company. Partner B has certain roles in the company. If you don't hit those expectations, you can put it on the operating agreement where you can kick the partner out totally 100% out of the company just on the operating agreement. Now, it can get ugly. Somebody could try to sue you and try to stay in because they want to make the money and they have time, energy, and money invested in that property most likely. But if you just set simple standards, okay, on what you're in charge of and what I'm in charge of, if it doesn't work out, we got to bring a third-party company in to take over. And you got to structure how that person, a third party is going to get paid by equity, by cash flow. The partner is going to put up money, right? There's always a risk, okay, when you partner. Always a risk because everything is, you know, there's always a honeymoon. But maybe in the future, somebody may have some other kind of uh, challenges and is not doing their, their job, right? So you got to make sure that 
be flexible, of course, but it's a good way in case somebody totally drops the ball, right? If somebody's maybe not hitting all their KPIs, it's, but the project's still moving along, and you know what? It's better not to, not to touch it, right? Just go ahead and finish that project, and then later on, you go ahead and uh, decide if you want to partner with that person again on another project, right? But unless it gets really bad, you don't want to take drastic measures, okay? That's number one. Number two is you need to buy, I'm using an example of an apartment building, each partner needs to have their own holding LLC. Basically what that means is that that holding LLC owns part of the apartment complex, right? So let me grab this, right? Let me grab my little, let's pretend this is a, an apartment building, okay? Now, partner A owns 20% of the apartment building, partner B owns 20% of the apartment building, and the other 60% goes to the investors, okay? So partner A has a LLC and then partner B has B LLC. Each LLC, his LLC owns 20 and this one owns 20. So what happens if something hits the fan and everybody needs to separate, instead of trying to sell the asset, right? You can just grab your LLC and you own 20% of the LLC. There's a third party company comes in, takes over, does some of the work. You still own your 20%, but maybe you don't have access to doing any of the operations. Or you might lose a little bit of uh equity for the third party management to come in and fix it. But you both don't own the property, say hundred percent. So there's not going to be a big battle of, Hey, I'm keeping the furniture. You don't keep the furniture. I'm keeping the cars like a regular big old divorce. You just own 20% of the building, right? So the building can just get sold. You basically set it up. That'll be the third reason, the third way to do it, but we'll talk about it in a minute. You want to go ahead and set it up. So everything's set out on paper because when everybody's happy, Nothing's going on, but when emotions start to get in and people start getting upset and they feel like they're unappreciated or they're doing too much work or somebody's not holding up their end of the bargain, it can get really, really nasty. So here's a third tip, okay? You want to go ahead and, and already set the exit, all right? From the very beginning, you want to set the exit. How are we going to get rid of this property or what's the plan? Hey, look, in three years, if it's worth this much, right? If it's worth $10 million and we're all in at $7 million, and the bank can give us $7 million back, and we do the Burr method, right, the Uber, right, we're going to keep the property, right? Or, but if maybe, you know, maybe if we don't get all our money back, we're just going to sell it, right? Or you can do it by cash flow or by any way you want to do. You say there's a two-year, three-year, and at that three-year, you decide what's going to happen. You're either going to keep it long-term or you're going to decide to sell it, right? You can also put it out to a vote, right? You can put it out to a vote for everybody. Depends how you set up your, your agreements. But if you have it already from the very beginning, you already know what your exit is going to be. Maybe the cap rates are really low and you're going to get a lot of, you're going to get, if it's over $10 million, you're going to sell, right? If it's devaluation or we get an offer over 10, we're selling. If it's a valuation or an offer below 10, we're just going to keep it, right? Whatever the structure is, that's how you, you, you structure your exit strategy. So in case you have a partner, you have a falling out, right? And you had to put a third party company or somebody else, another partner to take over their slack. At least you're only partnered with them for a couple of years until it's time for the exit strategy and maybe you sell the property you still keep it but everybody still keeps their percentage there's no lawsuits on who owns what part of the company everybody just owns a piece of this apartment building and as it's moving forward money it makes everybody gets their piece if you got to sell everybody makes their profit and then you move on to the next project okay here's a bonus tip for you so quick wrap up, number one, make sure you go ahead and set the expectation from the beginning. What is everybody's role? What are their KPIs? If you don't meet your KPIs, what are the repercussions? What are the repercussions if you don't meet your KPIs? You can really push somebody out, but you don't want a big nasty legal battle. 
right? Number two, make sure everybody has their own LLC. They're holding LLC to make sure they own part of the company in case you do have to sell, everybody already has a percentage, okay? And number three is your exit strategy, right? I already have an exit plan if it's gonna be year one, year two, year three, a price amount, a sell amount, a refinance amount, whatever the exit plan is, have one, two, or three, and whenever the time frame's up, you can automatically have an automatic sale, right, on the operating agreement in case the partners aren't in agreement when they should sell, when they shouldn't sell, or et cetera, right? We come down to the three-year mark and whatever whatever you had on there, that's when you're able to, you know, sell the property and everybody goes their way. Partnerships are very, very tricky. You know, unfortunately, you need them. Unfortunately and fortunately, actually both ways, it's great to have a partnership. Unfortunately, a lot of partnerships fail, but hopefully you make the right decision and you partner with the right people. And like I said before, make it deal by deal. That way you're not stuck into a long-term relationship. I got a great gift for you guys. It is my underwriting calculator. That's what I use to underwrite multifamily for heavy value add. You're going to get a, a great discount because it takes a lot of work. And I have a calculator that'll help you underwrite something that's more stable, a prettier property with videos, not just multifamily, but I also have a calculator for you for mobile home parks, help you underwrite a value add or a property that's stable. I also have a calculator for you for self-storage. It'll help you evaluate a self-storage value add or self-storage that is already stable. And it has videos. We underwrite 50, 60 properties every single week. So my acquisitions team is pretty good at it. I want to give that to you for free for following me on the podcast, for being a loyal listener. I want to give that back to you. It's taking a lot of time and energy to put these together. So in that link, you'll see in the show notes, we'll give that away for free. It's actually a deal submission form. You can skip all that and go to the bottom and you'll see the calculators. But if you want to submit a deal to us so we can help you underwrite it, maybe we partner, feel free to use it. Make sure you analyze properly so you don't lose your shirt. This has been The Naked Truth. Our mission is to give it to you raw. If you got value from this episode, you're invited to leave an honest written review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm.